Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hello, and thank you so much for spending the rest of your Friday night into Saturday morning with us. This is your AW Rampage and SmackDown post show for now, July 1st. Soon, by the end of this, it'll be July 2nd. It's a brand new month. But we have some familiar faces with us tonight. We have Alex Pulowski, who is under the Kate Elizabeth moniker, but because I'm the host, I'm on the left. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care what the names say. I care what right. position we are in. Yeah. But Alex, how are you today? Uh I'm all right. Uh I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing this now and not two hours from now. Um, because normally I do sour graphs on the five of select after this. So, you know, here we go. It's, it's here. I'm, I'm, I'm the step host tonight, everybody. (laughs) You are the step host. We thank you for joining us. We also thank you guys for joining us. Get in your super chats and get in your humper chats. And we'll thank you for those as well. What the heck is a humper chat? One might ask. Well, humper chat functions just like a super chat where you can get your statement or question read on air at humperchats.com. The thing is, we get to keep a little bit more money. Other ways you can send us your money? You can use it on Twitch. You can send in the old bits. I'm old. I don't really know a lot about Twitch, but we're on there at twitch.tv backslash Fightful Gaming. Uh, and you can send in the little the little bitskies. So that's another way to participate in tonight's stream with us. We thank you so much for joining us. Tonight's show is brought to you by Manscaped and NordVPN. So please be kind to our sponsors. They are very kind to us. We appreciate it so much. Sean, of course, has made it to the next round of the baddie search. We're so excited for him uh, here at Fightful. Um, So he he couldn't be here tonight. He'll tell you it's because he's in Vegas heading into Money in the Bank weekend. But that's not it at all. All right. He's just being shy. He got a nice two-piece for the swimsuit competition. He's very excited. And we are excited for him. Alex, it's, it's, it is, it is, it is, um, revealing, but classy. It is. That's exactly what it is. Tasteful cleavage for Sean. And yes. that's all we can really ask. Yeah. So, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like we normally start with Rampage, but because this is the go home to Money in the Bank, and quite frankly, this was such a bad go home, I just kind of want to get it out of the way with because we had two battle royals tonight. One that was completely pointless and one that I felt like was pretty well structured together to open up mm-hmm. Rampage. Um, and maybe maybe we should do those side by side. But my gut says, let's just barrel through SmackDown because uh, it didn't make a ton of sense. But before we do any of that, we are going to get to some of your super chats and your humper chats that you guys have sent in, which we are always so appreciative of. Um, we have... Call me crazy. That's a very fun humper chat handle. Whoever that is. Thank you very much for call me crazy saying that. I do want to hear your predictions for money in the bank tomorrow night. My personal pick for the money in the bank matches are Sammy and live, but well, I have my doubts either will win, especially live after tonight. I have never been less hopeful for that poor woman. Uh, and Seth will probably win the men's. I think that's still going to be the case. And Becky and the women's, um, which is a first time for a couple. That's actually, that's a fairly good point. We are going to do predictions. Um, Maybe we'll close out with that. But let's start with this thing that made no sense. Um, We told you our sponsors at the beginning of the show that are NordVPN and Manscaped for tonight, but I can only assume this episode of SmackDown was sponsored by Home Depot or Lowe's or something because we just had so many ladders that people were just standing on Mm -hmm. giving a promo to open up the show. Um, We had the, those who already qualified basically speaking their piece. I'm not going to go through this in too much detail because quite frankly, if they're not going to care about it, why should I? Um, But uh, you know, Sami Zayn, uh, always fantastic saying his piece for the bloodline drew McIntyre pointing out that he has beat uh, Brock Lesnar before. So if the title were to switch hands, he would be able to cash in his money in the bank briefcase and win to some level of success. We get jaw jockeying back and forth from a lot of people. And then the backstage just spills out some more. We got the Miz saying that he's the only current two timer to, to win money in the bank twice. We all know. At least I know CM Punk also did it. Obviously, we had Zeke coming down. We had Madcap coming down. We had Corbin coming down, all making their points. Um, I'm going to pause right there before we talk about what happened next. What did you think of this opening of everybody standing on ladders? Uh, And (laughs) the locker room that spilled from backstage after. I want to say it was the 2017... Money in the Bank, go home. They did the same deal, but it felt fresh. Um, also, this was peak uh, scarf Jericho. This was back when I, back when I liked Jericho. Uh, he had the short hair and the scarf, and he was sitting. He was perched atop one of the ladders <laughs> with his legs crossed daintily. Everyone else was like, they were like super cool, but he was like, no, I'm just gonna be me with my scarf. Um, I I thought that was really cool. Um, it felt like the people who were on the ladders all had an equal shot of maybe winning the thing. And tonight was not the case. Um, uh, it just felt like very derivative of a thing they did before that people liked. So like, let's try to do it again and replicate that, but you can't, that's not how it works. Um, I, I did appreciate Omos refusing to even be near a ladder cause he's his own ladder. I know that's ridiculous. That's so inspirational, though. It was just like dumb. be your own ladder. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, that's that's good. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I, 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 I thought this was just you know whatever it was. Uh, everybody like I'm gonna win because this thing I was scripted to say. Ha! How did? How dare you? I'm going to win because of this different thing I was scripted to say. It just it all felt very, um, I don't know, fake and stupid. I did appreciate that they at least tried to, with some of them, justify why they deserved to be in it. Like, The Miz actually made a good point, and Drew McIntyre made good points. Like, that I appreciate. Um, But what I don't appreciate is what happened next. We have Adam Pierce come down and just yell. Just yell uh, about uh, how they were going to then have a battle royal with everybody who was standing there. The stakes for this battle royal? absolutely nothing this was for some reason named a king of the hill or i'm sorry king of the mountain battle royal so i thought you would at least win a mountain in the process but it doesn't seem as though that is the case um they said this was for supremacy i don't know why you would participate in this match if you have already qualified and if you haven't qualified i also don't know why you would participate in this match and it's going to make even less sense later later we got a four pack spoiler alert um between basically everybody who didn't qualify that was involved in this segment between um madcap and zeke and corbin and miz did I get You're that right? breezing past way too much of this cake like this. i'm i'm not done i'm okay. not done okay okay um and we're, we're going to talk about the Battle Royal, but I did just want to connect those dots now, particularly because Corbin won the Battle Royal, but this Battle Royal doesn't mean anything at all. Um, and furthermore, they had qualifying matches to get in Money in the Bank already. So we're opening the show with those who qualified and four guys who had not that were either in some way set up to be in qualifying matches or just felt like they deserved to be there that are going to be in a fatal four-way. So this begs the question, Alex, why didn't the battle royal happen and the winner of that, like happen with other people, other eligible people, happen with your ricochets, happen with people like that? Um, Why didn't we have a battle royal to determine who's going to money in the bank tomorrow? Um, or why didn't we just do the four pack? Because there's absolutely no reason for that. Um, what did you think of the match? And then we can get into the ridiculous, ridiculous stakes. The things that I liked included, um, Seth Rollins eliminating himself, Drew McIntyre's future shock DDT. One thing I did not like was Seamus just doing his like punching Sammy on the chest on the apron when he could have just kicked him off. That made no sense to me at all. Um, but ultimately, this ends with Corbin eliminating Sheamus and Drew. Give me your thoughts on the match, and then we'll get into the shenanigans. Um, but when the four guys come down, Miz is delusional, you know, like he always is about his place in the company. Um, but that's his character. I get it. Um, uh, it Ezekiel actually had a, a qualifying match scheduled. Versus Kevin Owens, it it appears as though he was never scheduled to win it because he's not going to Money in the Bank. Spoiler alert: Corbin and Moss had been nowhere near 
any discussion that I ever saw about them being in Money in the Bank. That was never even brought up. That like so, uh, I don't know why these guys are even out there. But then uh, Adam Pierce going like, I can see there's a lot of hostility and tensions. How about we relieve those tensions with a good old fashioned battle royal? Now it was listed on the internal rundown as a King of the Mountain battle royal, but they never referenced that on commentary. They just kept saying good old fashioned battle royal. I don't know what what's a new fashioned battle royal. Is that like the Royal Rumble, which started in 1988? So it's like sexy, a younger, sexier battle royal. It's a younger, sexy 30, 35 year old battle royal. Um, I, I this was all ridiculous. Um, you had the four guys in the match, and I was like, okay, so how about this? How about how, how about this? Um, you do a thing where you have the battle royal, right? And then the last four guys in the battle royal are the four guys who have not yet been added to the match. And then Adam Pierce says, okay, by virtue of the four of you not being meeting the last four guys in the match, now we'll have this qualifier. The reason they did the battle royal, Kate, is because they have nothing else to do. They have nothing else planned. They had to fill a half hour with bullshit because that's all they have. And so that's why they did the Battle Royal to begin with. But the idea that you would book one of the four guys who's not yet in the Money in the Bank match to win the Battle Royal and then have a second match later to to determine who's going to be in Money in the Bank Corbin would be like, no, 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 no. You have this battle royal, which I friggin' won. I eliminated guys who were actually in the Money in the Bank match. Just put me in the match. I don't understand why I have to wrestle these guys again to do it again. It doesn't make any sense to me, and it certainly shouldn't make any sense to Corbin. No, and he did point that out later in a backstage segment. Corbin has been doing a really great job lately, um, I think, since we've cleared out of the Madcap feud, which there were still notes of today, but more reasonable and for storytelling purposes, but of of making a lot of things make sense. He called out Pat McAfee on commentary for some stuff that he was kind of unfairly um, saying and, and had his very, very slanted view on Corbin. We saw him calling this out, and I've appreciated his grounded approach after being in such a stupid storyline with Madcap for so long that he's kind of gotten back over to um, being a more logical here. I really, really appreciate that about him. But this just made absolutely no sense, and um, I, it because there were no stakes for the Battle Royal, it was hard to keep my attention, and knowing that half of the guys had already qualified and half of them weren't, um, but there was no weight to this outcome. They had kind of said like for supremacy, but like who cares? So I don't know. It, it made no sense to me and it doesn't seem like it made sense to you guys or to Alex either. We're going to get back to some of your super chats and Humper chats. Van Twimbley chiming in saying I'm at GCW gateway to death show. And this just got on the mic. I'm going to read this slowly and carefully. Uh, me at Tony Depp and about Nick Wayne. Be nice to him. He's just a boy. Tony, I'm going to kick his ass and then I'm going to something his mom. Oh boy, I did not expect that. I hope the mics got it. I'm sure the mics did. We got, uh, I hope you had fun at that show, by the way. 
Uh, DCW was a very, very fun live experience. If you're an old DCW fan, it'll give you those vibes for sure. We got Ryan Sullivan chiming in and saying, hey, did you guys know that sour grapes sounds like the phrase sour grapes? Didn't know if you were aware. You know, I I had thought about that a time or two, Alex. I don't know. Have you? Uh, well, when I came up with the name, uh, that was the idea. So, yes. Oh, interesting. Interesting. You yeah. are so, so some, somebody, somebody, I don't know, was like, you, you, you just, you. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust. So I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I have nothing but negative things to say about WWE. Seems to me like sour grapes. <sighs> I was like, no. And I said to myself out loud, reading the comment, not more like sour graps. Hey! And, then I, was, and then I was like, hey, Sean, I have an idea for a show. Little light bulb went off in your brain. Yeah. We love it. Henry T. Casey, timing it again. Thank you so much. I got to go see him in the city the other day, and he has been in the chat a couple times since. I appreciate you being here, Henry. Uh, saying, hi, y'all. How was the wrestling split? Uh, I was watching ST4v2. Did any accountant show ups? No accountants on this no, show. Not yet. Not um, yet. That seems rever- reserved for Tuesdays. Um, but uh, tune in Tuesday because I'm sure that'll happen there. We've got Matthew Plus chiming in saying that Kate doesn't look like she put money in the bangs. Uh, yes, I do look like I put money in the bangs. I even straightened them with my hair straight. They, they even call you Miss Money in the Bangs. They do call me Ms. Money in the Bangs, and I'm going to cash in on Matthew Plus for a shot at beating his ass one day. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew Plus also saying, if a WWE Battle Royal was a 35-year-old, it would be a manager. (laughs) That goes to your younger, sexier 35-year-old and younger comment before. Um that is hilarious to me. I really appreciate that. I hate to admit it, but that was a pretty good one, Matthew. Plus, we're going to move along um, to Natalia and Ronda. We got a video package here that was nice. Um, they are always good at producing video packages heading into pay-per-views. Kind of makes it feel like watching the weekly shows is somewhat pointless. It is entirely pointless. It's entirely pointless to watch the shows because they'll tell you everything of note in four minutes before the match at the play. And they'll do a better job of it than they mm-hmm. do from week to week. And then we got um, a, a kind of stilted but effective enough backstage promo from Natalia, um, which was fine. She had kind of just been headed down the track that she was before. The only thing that I didn't love about this segment was she said that she was going to be holding the championship by the end of the feud. 
and that Rhonda was only going to be left holding her 10 month old baby. And I was like, that seems like a pretty good deal. Like, I think she really wanted to have that kid. So to only have your 10 year, 10 month old kid, like the miracle of life that you just pushed out of your body 10 months ago. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I feel like that shouldn't be like an afterthought. That should be arguably very important, right? Having a, having a baby. Um, but this has just been kind of like how I felt like about Charlotte, where I feel like the build has been nothing, but I think the match will be very good. I hope it's different than their first I don't, match. I don't, I don't even think that. You don't think that. I don't even think that. I think, you think, I think it's, it's going to be a replay of their first match, I, right? I think it's going it's it's to be the it's going to be the only match that Ronda and Natty can have. Like that's it. They don't. There's there's not like oh well uh, like Natty's got seventeen different styles of matches in her. She wrestles one match. She wrestles it very competently, all the way to occasionally great. But it all depends on who she's facing. Rhonda, God love her, only does one thing. That's it. So they both only do one thing. We saw them wrestle each other once before. It's going to be the same match. Like it's just going to be the same match. I, 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 I want. I want to be wrong. I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. I just, I, 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 I don't. I also loathe everything about this build. Uh, and 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 what they've done with it, this whole thing of like you're just a mom. Well, like the whole thing with like they're part of the reason they're pushing Lacey Lacey Evans is that she is a mom as well, and that's a virtue for her. But it but but oh no, you're just a mom. So like so that's not okay. It's not good that Rhonda's a mom, but it is good that Lacey's a mom. I'm not I'm not sure. Like I hate that there's that double standard. But I, I get it. Oh, they're being heels, but it's like none of it makes any sense. Because I, either, either way, I don't give a shit if you're a mom or a dad. I just, I, I give a shit that you're a wrestler, and I'd like to rather you wrestle. I don't like all this extra extraneous. You have to hold your baby because I stole your title. Whatever. Man. Yeah, and it's also been like it came up again later about like Natalia's had a boob job, like so many other women and it's just weird that the face is like doing this body shaming angle i don't know just feels awkward to me um i'm a little bit more optimistic about the match because i feel like ronda has expanded a little bit in the ring like i feel like we've seen more from her will natalia be able to bring that out of her like to the same way that charlotte did at mania i i don't know um but i am a little bit more optimistic i I mean uh, listen if you if you tell me like who are the who are the women that I'd like to see Ronda wrestle? Like I'd be like, uh, Dewdrop. I'd like to see Ronda wrestle Dewdrop. I want to see how that goes because I think Dewdrop is a much more competent version of Nia Jax, and I actually enjoyed watching Ronda try to work around wrestling somebody the size of Nia Jax because all of her intimidation stuff doesn't work on somebody that size. So like I'd like to watch that. Natalia is just she's Natalia for better or worse. That's what she is. Like she's got the longevity, but to me, I don't find her. I don't find her um, exhilarating to watch in the ring. That's fair, and I do think, like, part of that is the build, right? I don't understand why, like, and I guess because they are a sports entertainment company, but like, this would be so much cooler if they did like tail of the tape style stuff. Like, if they yeah. if they played into Ronda's world more than they're forcing Ronda to come into this world a little bit. Um, we also later got a backstage with Ronda Rousey that um, 
It revolved around how old her baby is, really. My baby is nine months, not ten months, and you should know that if you were my friend. And also her saying that Natalia doesn't know how to promote a match. I'm like, buddy, you have not promoted a match well at all. (laughs) Like, she, that's not her strength, and that's why I've been saying for... For months, I feel like she should be with Heyman because I think there is a lot of upside with Ronda outside of that, but promoting matches isn't one of them. Like, I'd, I haven't felt like anything that she's done on the mic has been something that has made me want to see the match. Anything that has gotten me interested, which has been limited, has been more because of her in-ring ability. So, not super into that. And also, don't know how I feel about this. I'm going to give it a little bit longer of a burn, but we're getting some more development with the New Day and the Viking Raiders. Um, the New Day come to the ring and essentially say that they, you know, are kind of intrigued by this the new packaged Viking Raiders and that last week they got the Viking experience and they didn't enjoy it. That really popped me when Xavier Woods said that. Um, and then we hear the sirens. Do they ring? Do sirens ring? They yeah, it's it's not a siren. Bite. It's a it's a war horn. They yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what it is. It's so, a siren, though, right? A war like a. I mean, it's, it's siren ish. Uh, it's not like an ambulance. It's sounding siren. the alarm. There, yeah. Sounding the alarm. That's a we'll it's, we'll stick yeah, with that. We'll stick yeah. with that nomenclature. Um, and they come down and they beat the ever living crap out of the new day as they did last week. They're wearing shields. They had shields Mm because they're Viking-y and they pillage things as commentary. They pillage and they plunder. Tonight, Michael Cole was like, pillaging and plundering and ray. And I was like, you're not going to say it. He doesn't say it. He said raiding. I was like, okay, that's that's a very big consonant to not flub up because... Vikings did a lot of the other Ray word, but they also did the rating, but they also did the other one with a P in the middle. So don't right. do You're going to want to pronounce the back end of those consonants real hard, Michael. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, look, I'm super interested to see New Day versus Viking Raiders. It's something that I've wanted for a while. It's something mm-hmm. that I would much rather see than New Day getting rematched to death from other people. Um, but I don't need the... New day to get just continually squashed so much. I'm okay with it a couple times, like we've right. seen here. Um, but I hope that they start to build the other side of that story because it feels like for a while it's just been like the new day getting their asses kicked. And I think they're one of the best, if not the best, tag team faction that they've ever had. So it would be nice if they were made to feel stronger. But this is week two of it. I'm a little bit more forgiving. They were kind of taunting the Viking Raiders in the process. So I'm going to let it burn for a little bit more, but what did you think of this segment? And are you excited for New Day versus the Viking Raiders? I'm excited for New Day versus the Viking Raiders in uh, in a promotion that doesn't promote it the way that they're promoting it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because the Viking Raiders can be uh, have more of an edge to them, can 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 work heel, uh, and they don't need the help of well, now they're real Vikings. They're serious Vikings now, like, you know, time travelers or something. They actually, they've traveled from the Bronze Age and they all, they have, they've just gone hunting. Look at these furs they've just hewn from the guts of some animal. 
uh, also they wear eye makeup now. They now you know they're bad guys because they wear eye makeup, and now they've got shields, shield like big discs of wood covered with leather. And that now they're definitely heels. Um, you, you just you don't need to hit us so hard with that Viking hammer. Like we we get it. Just have their demeanor change without all the other bells and whistles. It doesn't insult our intelligence as much. Also. I don't know if you caught this, but when they came down with for what was supposed to be a match, but the match never started, they were introduced officially by the ring announcer as the new vicious Viking Raiders. And I cringed so hard I shed my skin like a snake. That is the most ridiculous thing. Like what like what how could I be surprised from a company? that has literally made it his name now, Seth freaking Rollins. That's his name. That's not a, that's not a nickname they occasionally call him. Go to his, go to his, get the WWE.com page for Seth Rollins. It says Seth freaking Rollins. This is this company. They're just, they're cringe all the time. Yeah. And Vicious Viking Raiders just feels so like, um, at, at a dissonance with, other things that this company has had like that alliteration stuff to me feels very 80s throwback of like ravishing rick rude or whatever like vicious viking raiders feels like it's a tag team circa the 80s like does not fit in here it doesn't feel very vikingy at life um so i i just i didn't if, if didn't you're love vicious, that but I did if you're vicious it. you don't need you don't need the corporate like speak or like to tell everybody that you're vicious just be out, go out there and be vicious. Just be your vicious little Viking selves. Or, yes. or, or be Sid vicious, be Sid justice, whatever you want to be. Just be that as opposed to having the corporation go, we've decided that we're going to call them the vicious Viking Raiders from now on. To be honest, we could probably, us geniuses at home, even pick up on the Viking thing. You know, <laughs> as, we probably could. As, there are subtle notes of it all over our television. They could probably call them something else, and we would still get the idea that they were Vikings. We're going to throw it back to some Super Chats and Humper Chats. Eugene chiming in saying, SGS for life. We appreciate you guys so much. We'll take this opportunity, too, to promote ourselves, Alex, because on Fightful Select, where you can subscribe for just $5 a month. Tomorrow, after Money in the Bank, if this just isn't sour enough for you, uh, you can join us behind the paywall after Money in the Bank for our very own pay-per-view. I guess it's not a pay-per-view review anymore. It's a premium live event paywall post-show. Um, and we will probably be equally as sour as we are tonight. So if you feel like this is your vibe, Come join us. There will also be a show on the main channel, but the younger, sexier show will be on Fightful Select. So come hang out with us. Um, and yes, we are sorry for the bots that were in the chat. We were also raided, not by Vikings, but by bots. We also want to thank Cactus J for sending in 100 bits on Twitch. We appreciate it. Um, I really, I'm so bad at, at the Twitch. It makes me feel extremely old, but... We appreciate your donations over there. Um, circling back to some more, back to the Ronda Rousey and Natalia story. Henry Casey chiming in saying that when it comes to wrestlers bragging about their children, I side with Michael Jordan. F them kids. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of with you. I think MJF also echoed that at one point. 
And I don't like to agree with MJF on a lot of things, but that one, that one he's got me on. Bill Alphabet sending in a Humper Chat as well at humperchats.com saying, my two-year-old son pulled the bottom orange of a pile at the supermarket. The result was what you expect. Now I'm eating peanut butter cups. Sorry, what are we talking about? Everything you just said is more compelling and made more sense than most of the show tonight, unfortunately. So I'm sorry that your son did that, but very happy that you're eating peanut butter cups. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, there's a backstage segment with Adam Pierce and Madcap, who is happy to be here, as our moderator, Louise, says in the chat. Um, do you do you have anything that you want to say about this? Like... Don't say that part out loud, dude. Like, nobody likes the person who's happy to be there. Don't do that. Like, here's the thing about it. Um, of the of the four, um, uh, Corbin Corbin's on a down downward streak now. That's what he's got to be. Um, I guess I want to keep him strong so that he's intimidating to Pat McAfee in a month. But like, he lost a feud to 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 uh, to Moss. He's 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 on he's on a lower streak right now. It's fine. The Miz is delusional. He's always going to be the Miz and, and overconfident, and you know what the Miz is. I firmly think this Ezekiel thing has a shelf life. Like eventually, you're going to have to cut. Like eventually, when the reveal is, oh, this was Elias the whole time. Because again, that is the only possible ending to this story. When you when you eventually get there, that's it. There's there's nothing else after that. He just drops back down to the mid card. The one guy that you can actually use out of all of this to build towards something maybe bigger. And again, I don't even like the guy is madcap. You've actually put some time into building him as a new baby face. You put him over Corbin, like who had a match versus McIntyre, like at mania. So like you're trying to make Corbin impressive and you have madcap beat him. Now you got to do something to move him upward. Don't put him in a in a four in a in four guys standing there and have him say, "I'm just happy to be here." You 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 don't realize what you're doing when you write stuff like that for people. It's bad. It's really bad. It's really 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 cringy. And I felt like this whole re- rebrand was supposed to be getting Madcap away from stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of getting people away from stuff, it would seem that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are not only like a power couple in WWE, but the only smart people on SmackDown today, because in the Battle Royal, we saw Seth Rollins eliminate himself, which seems smart because, again, there were no stakes here. And we get a six-pack, or not, I'm sorry, not a six-pack, a six-woman challenge, a team SmackDown versus Team Raw situation which is interesting since they basically merged rosters at this point and becky lynch says i'm not participating in that nonsense i'll join you on commentary and she was entertaining as hell i felt like on commentary for this um but it just seemed like yeah why would you participate in this match it's pointless and you have a match tomorrow that seems rather silly um so I I don't have a ton to say about the match. I felt like that suicide die from Liv is not the first time we've seen her almost really, really hurt herself on that. So I hope that she either improves drastically on that move or just eliminates yeah. it from her repertoire. Um, I thought Becky was just crushing it on commentary. My favorite line of her was that people wanted to see her as much as they want an edit button on Twitter. 
that cracked me up. Some really great work from Asuka. No surprise there. Her German suplexes are, you can tell she's straight out of Japan. The way that she puts those on, they are brutal. We eventually see Liv get the pin and Becky attack Asuka after the match. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to add about the match itself and Becky on commentary? I, I kind of felt like it was hard for me to, to get into this match because it was somewhat pointless. Um, I, I, I'm really enjoying this version of Alexa Bliss. I wish they would step on the gas a little bit with her. Um, she's, she's, they never really let um, twisted Miss Bliss be a baby face or at least a tweener. She was always this heel at all times. Even when she was a baby face with Nikki Cross with her, she, I always felt like she was snarky to people. And here she just feels like she's, ha- she actually is having a blast. She's got her doll. Like, that's cool. She's selling dolls. She's making a butt, butt ton of money with these dolls. That's awesome. Um, uh, she's having a lot of fun. Uh, she, she, I like, I really enjoyed the, the, the moment with her and Raquel where she was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm, you know, you're, you're very large. I'm going to go tag out. <laughs> if that's okay with you. Um, which was, it was genial. It was like, not like, it was actually kind of a fun little moment. You never see stuff like that. People just having fun in a ring with, in a match like this, which is really just an exhibition for no reason at all. Like having fun with it is probably what we should, should be doing. Um, but, and I also love Becky on commentary as well, but here's the thing last year at this exact time, Liv Morgan started picking up a lot of victories on television. The crowd got behind her. She went into the money in the bank match with the biggest pop of anybody walking down the ramp into that match. When people thought she was going to win it, they came to their feet during the match. They did not book her to win it. And she just fell right back down the card for a while. And they appear to be doing the exact same playbook so far with this. Like They just decided, hey, we did this exact same thing last year. Let's do it again this year. They didn't even change the person they were doing the playbook with. It's the exact same thing. I really like Liv. I think she's really improved. And I don't feel like there's any chance she's going to win tomorrow, even though the crowd has gotten behind her. Yeah, I feel like before Liv, it was always Naomi in this spot, right? Like, I, she was always my dark horse to win Money in the Bank. She was always my dark horse to win Rumbles because the crowd absolutely loved her. And I felt like she was delivering on matches all the time. And here we go. Um, it's it's kind of the same thing again. Liv also getting built up in between and getting multiple title shots, I think, um, makes this even like a little more egregious. Because if she got the pin tonight, which she did, like she's probably not winning it. Uh, tomorrow, and I think most of us are in the the camp that it's probably going to be Lacey Evans. In in my opinion, that's not the best move in the world, but that certainly seems like the direction that they are headed. And, We've got. Oh, go ahead. If they were going to do that, which I still think is a very good possibility, the smart thing to do would 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 to to be to not. But um, I think they might go that way um, if they were if they're going to. They did a really piss poor job of building toward it. Like she qualified what feels like a month ago. And then she had that one, like she was like teamed with Raquel to beat up Sonia Deville two on one. And she, she was in this. I barely remember her in this match. Like they haven't done a good job of like building to like, like have give, she should have had the person 
if they were going to, to book her to win the Money in the Bank. You have her cut a promo backstage in an interview saying how much it means to her as a, as a, as a Marine to be going into the 4th of July weekend and competing to become Money in the Miss Money in the Bank. Like, let us see that that's, you know, like what you're trying to, as otherwise it's like, cheer for her, cheer for her because she's a veteran. Like she has, she's got the bag, she's got the briefcase now, cheer for her, but you haven't done any of the legwork to get us to cheer for her. Agreed. And I think a lot of that has to do with the haziness of, is she a face on Raw or a heel on SmackDown? Like they just booted that out of the gate. Speaking of weird things, Ricardo chiming in with a hot take saying Becky is obnoxious AF. Go away, he. You're wrong. Um, your opinion is just it's it's wrong. Uh, she was decidedly less so today. Like even the fashion was like she was wearing a fur coat and like she wasn't wearing those crazy like futuristic like what people from 1975 thought we'd be wearing in 2022 <laughs> sunglasses. Like she wasn't wearing those tonight. It was like they're trying to tame her down a little bit, which makes me think we're going to build to a baby face Becky. We're definitely doing that because they're definitely going to do heel Ronda versus baby face Becky. I think, I hope they're going to do that alignment at Mania next year. So I think there's, they're getting us there early this way. Uh, let's, let's hope because both of those competitors need to be on both sides of that coin. I feel like Becky is better as a face, though, settled into her heel persona successfully and nicely for this run. Her match with Bianca, I thought, was phenomenal, and the build to it was great for, for Mania. Um, but I, I prefer Becky as a face because I genuinely like rooting for her. Also loved that when they called her out on it being 120 degrees and her wearing a fur coat, she said, yeah, but I'm so cool. I yeah. just really appreciated that. Uh, another super chat coming in here saying that I'm late to the stream. I appreciate what Natty has done for the business, but her matches these fast, past few years looks like they're happening at half speed. Um, yes, for the most part, I agree with you. I think sometimes it's just the way that they're agented. I don't really, um, you know, now that her husband is back at one of the best women's agents in the business, <laughs> maybe they'll look a little bit better and mm. her pace works better for some women going that slow than it does for others like yeah. her and Shotzi don't need to go that pace but her and the only match I remember being really good that Lacey ever had was with Natalia it was because it was slow and it was strong and it was power bombs and stuff like that so um but even the the time she spent in NXT like I didn't feel like her matches were particularly um as up to par as as they might normally be we have Matthew Plus chiming in saying shout out to Luis. It's not working, okay? You you can suck up to the moderators all you want, but it's not going to happen. We have some more super chats about this match. Call me crazy. You're a crazy. Saying so. Like, I'm supposed to feel hyped for Liv getting two pins, winning two shows in a row in the same week heading into Money in the Bank. But now, more worried that she won't win it because of the booking. Hopefully this means she does. Nikki had a win going into it last year. That's a very good point. Um, but let's. But let's Liv had a whole bunch of wins going into it last year, too. And yeah. they didn't, like, it's just the way it works. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't no. work, in my opinion. It doesn't. Uh, well, I don't know what to say about this next segment, except for that 
you can tell Stephanie McMahon is back because Sonya slapped the crap out of Adam Pierce and it had that Stephanie McMahon stank on it. Uh, not a ton to say here, but she basically said, you did me dirty. I'm a do you dirty and slapped the hell out of him. Your thoughts? She said she opened up a, um, like a, basically she went to HR about it. And as, as we all know, WWE doesn't have an HR department. They have um, yes men and yes women who report directly to the higher ups. Hey, somebody doesn't like their job. And oops, that person's gone. That's how that works. Um, but uh, um, I-, I liked her saying what you did last week was wrong. And what I'm about to do is wrong too. So at least she realizes it's wrong. But now, Kate, here's the deal. Um. I don't know how you book this. Like, like her slapping, like she, he can't slap her back. That's not a thing they do in WWE. They're not going to have a match about it. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know what this does. Like it was, uh, is she supposed to be, because objectively what Adam Pierce did by, by, she says, I would like my first match, please. I've, I've been on SmackDown for a while. And he's like, okay, you can have a match against two women. Just out of the blue for no reason, just to be a dick to her. Uh, not saying she didn't deserve it, but also professionally, that's not how business is done. Correct. You shouldn't you shouldn't use your own personal vendettas in booking your matches. That's just not how it should work. So, yes, what he did to her was wrong, but she can't slap him for it. And now I don't know what this does. I don't know where... Again, my, my thing I always say on Sour Graps is, to what end? Where are we <laughs> going with this? So everybody's doing each other wrong. They're doing each other dirty. And Alex, you know what else is just plain wrong? What's that? Not keep taking care of your, your, your sack. Not maintaining your balls. You know what I mean? That's not yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, a lack of ball maintenance. Yeah, that's really wrong too. Yeah. So you don't want those getting slapped around. That's for sure. No. That would be terrible. So to help you guys from getting your balls slapped around by probably by Sonya Deville. That's not a promise. Keep an eye out for Fightful Select. Um, Sean's here to tell you all about Manscaped. <sighs> Let's be real. Big nasty pubes are gross. You want that tree to stand taller. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of landscaping. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of manscaping. With manscaped.com and that code FIFA, you're going to save 20% off your order and get free shipping. What a deal. And how about this? They've got a ton of deals on that site. They got a lot of bundles, a lot of packages to help out your package. But it's not just your package, it's your body, it's your hair. They got deodorant. They've got shampoo. They've got foot deodorant. They got ball toner. They got everything at manscaped.com. And when you use that code FIFA, get 20% off your order and free shipping. Just a plethora of different options. Maybe you want to try a little bit of everything. Maybe you just want to try one thing. Well, Manscaped and the code FIFA will get you there. Make that tree stand taller and trim it up a little bit with Manscaped. You heard it here first, or Sonia Deville will slap your balls around. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a promise. That's not a promise. Don't hold me to that. Uh, I've never spoken to her in my life, so 
please don't uh, don't tweet at her anything weird. She's been through enough. We're gonna get back to your super chats and humper chats. Um, we actually, sadly and unsurprisingly, we don't have any about any of the segments that we just talked about, and we also don't have one about something that I actually thought was pretty good on the show. Um, we had the WWE Tag Team Championship ask me anything. And I actually thought this had some pretty good moments in it. I don't normally like these segments. I didn't like them when they did them on AEW. I don't like them when they do them here. But this one wasn't terrible. I felt like the Usos came out with a little bit more of their grounded fire rather than the goofy stuff that I feel like gets kind of old. Um, I thought the Street Profits showed their charisma a lot in there. I think it was fun uh, when Angelo Dawkins basically said that the Usos were just uh, doing the grocery shopping for Roman Reigns. I thought that was really fun. Montez Ford is so charismatic. I thought Kayla Braxton was really good in this. Um, But yeah, and we even got like Montez Ford doing a little bit of like an Eddie Kingston Potna in this, which I of course popped for because that just brings back great memories. But I don't know, this felt like... um, it wasn't the world's most substantive thing, but it did play to like both team strengths. And sometimes like, I don't know, sometimes I like a good shit talking segment and that's kind of what this was. That's not usually your wheelhouse. You usually like there to be more intention behind promos. Mm -hmm. I thought this was kind of just a lot of fun. What did you think? Um, I loved the end of it where they dropped all the BS about the stupid AMA framing the device just have these two these both both guys in both teams can cut promos have them come down do a do a face-to-face and have them have a mic battle like have them talk to each other like i love the the the, like like of of the the basic idea of um the usos like the whole thrust of their argument is that we actually like you guys because you remind us of us. Like, you walk like us, you talk like us. You, you know, but like, you're not you, us. But you're not us. Yeah. Like, that was, that, th- that whole thing, especially the way that I love when the Usos, when one of them, like, starts going in the other one, just like, becomes the hype man. Yes. And it's like, ah, Jimmy was great in that role tonight. It was, like, so great because he was just, he was totally laser focused. That was great. I love Montez. I think, I think Dawkins can talk too, but Montez is otherworldly. Just let them do that when you're like, you're like, hey, it's an AMA next. What are you doing? Like, come, like, who taught Bruce Pritchard what an AMA is this afternoon? Like, that's come, come on. I am trying to pick my battles over here, okay? But like, just, just (laughs) have them talk to each other, have them cut the same promos, but don't have somebody there with podiums and like, uh, our first question that somebody, a real fan, definitely actually sent in. Are you scared of Roman Reigns? Like, come on. Like, just don't insult our intelligence. But don't I insult did, my intelligence, please. I did like that he shut that down, though. Like, the way that he said that of, like, that's that's your big question. I like, I thought that that was that was pretty good. Like that was a good launch pad for what but, this eventually turned but into. In but K-fabe, I understand what you're saying. In kayfabe, he shut down the question of a 13 year old from Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. Like, That's okay. You know He's I mean? a heel. I guess, I guess. 
He's a bad guy. The, I the, like the it. framing of this segment was was just dumb. The the segment itself, those the, the four guys in this in the segment talking was fine. I just don't understand why they were standing behind lecterns. That's fair. Like I said, when they did that in, in AAW, I wasn't a fan of it either. Like I felt like a lot of those inner circle uh yeah. segments that were framed that way really, really dragged on. But it was just nice to see something that I felt like I cared about. I also really liked um, Montez Ford being like, Hey, did you hear we're not getting along? Like heard that in the dirt sheets or whatever. Like I, I kind of pop for that stuff. I think that's really fun. So um, overall, again, I'm picking my battles. I kind of agree with you on the framework, but I will take it (laughs) in the context of the rest of this episode. Um, we've got a Humper Chat that came in from the Nerd Guru, who's always so supportive to us. Thank you. Saying, did not watch wrestling tonight in favor of Stranger Things 4 Volume 2, and it was so damn good. That's what I've been hearing. I cannot watch creepy stuff, so I don't. Um, so what happened on SmackDown? We're doing it right now. I read Rampage spoilers on Wednesday. Only thing I know is that Becky and Pat on commentary ruled, well, buddy, we've got you covered. We actually started with SmackDown tonight. We're going to get to AEW Rampage, but you can just start at the beginning of this video and we'll take you all the way through it. The opening and the ending were both real dumb. So welcome. <laughs> uh, Bill Alphabet chiming in about our last segment, the Ask Me Anything. Bruce, um, you guys didn't mention balls. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Bruce Pitchard is like, yes. oh, God. Uh, how did that segment get to air without you saying you don't have the balls? Yeah. So this is the most super chatted segment of the night. And it's, um, I've seen things that are a little bit split on this, but people are talking about it and it's fresh and new. So I'll take it. The maximum male models present Messe and Mansois, I think were the pronunciations. Masse and Mansois. Perfect. Which, of course, our Mason Mansour just pronounced with the um, faux French Max Dupree mm-hmm. pronunciation on it. We'll run through these super chats real fast. Um, what ended up happening here was we finally got the revelation of who is going to be in this stable. Max Dupree in the most obnoxious red glasses I've ever seen, presenting both of his clients and telling you why they're they're where they're it, basically. Um, our moderator, Luis, adored it. Call Me Crazy said, I just want to say that MMM is great. Max Dupree is awesome. Mansoor and Mace legit look hot now instead of Mansoor looking like a teen and Mace looking like a grunge band member. How dare you, okay? Grunge music is like my favorite, but I'll take it. MMM will be the faction to defeat the bloodline calling my shot. Those are strong words. We'll come back. The end of the age saying, I just want to know who was the SNL reject that wrote the maximum model sketch out. I call it a sketch because what wrestling could possibly angle, what wrestling angle could possibly come from it? Are they supposed to be walking the runways of Paris for Javinci and then catch a flight to Tulsa to fight T-Bar? I'm not going to lie. This was incredibly amusing to me, but for all the wrong reasons, I give it two more weeks. Jake Han chapping in via Humper Chat. We appreciate you guys alternating to the, the Humper Chat so much. It, it helps us save money, and a lot of you are contributing that way today. Um, but Jake Han saying that the maximum male models have Ezekiel's potential to be so dumb it works. That's, I think, where it's heading. Um, and Lord Jackson saying maximum 
Malay models, the recognized symbol of excellence of sports titillation. <laughs> also with this segment, there's going to be a tennis sport gear collection revealed next week, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I'll say this. It's very in the line of Tyler Breeze, and I'm going to let Alex speak to that a little bit more in a minute. On the surface, when I watched this through the first time, I felt like we were supposed to be taking it seriously, and then the more I kind of played it around in my head, I don't think we are. I think this is going to be um, Fashion Files 2.0, kind of, and I think this is eventually going to be something that we are laughing at and giving heat more than we're supposed to be giving straight heat, but... I do agree that there is a gap from male models to how this is going to present itself in a wrestling angle. I have a tremendous amount of faith. It may be ill-willed. We'll find out. But that Eli Drake, LA Knight, now Max Dupree is really, really good at this. And I think he's going to be able to close that gap for us. So I am optimistic. I thought they both looked great tonight. Um, I thought this segment was a lot of fun. I, of course, have my hesitations about it because I think whenever there's something this risky at play and WWE is giving us something that shouldn't work, but the performers are outperforming it like a Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. Um, I always have my hesitations about that, but from what I saw tonight, I was amused. I'm glad that they ripped the bandaid off and we didn't drag this out another segment. I'm also just going to completely make something up and say that (laughs) I think that Cesaro was slated for this, but then he signed with AEW, and that's why the Band-Aid was ripped off tonight. There's That is nothing but reckless speculation, but I know people in WWE were surprised that Cesaro signed with AEW, and he would have been such a home run for this type of thing. So I just, I think I made that up, but I feel like it could be true in my brain. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Alex. What did you think? Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see where it goes. I, uh, I, I, I think that I am cursed with watching uh, wrestling and knowing and trying to find out what's your angle. What's your angle, Bruce Pritchard? What's your angle, Vince McMahon? What are you trying to get me to feel? Because what I watch is I watch. I'm watching these guys. I'm like. Good for good for Mace. Good for Mansoor. Not using their the names that they told me to pronounce them that way. Good for good for Eli Drake getting on TV and and trying to make this thing work. Um, there is there is zero irony being presented here. None. They, we are supposed to take the this absolutely at face value seriously. That these are now that that Eli Drake, Larry Knight. L.A. Knight is now Max Dupree. We've never seen him as that other character on SmackDown. He is Max Dupree. He is a fashion mogul, probably from the from one of the coasts, or from maybe he spends a lot of time in Europe. Um, it's a xenophobic thing. Like it's we're supposed we're they're pitting the heartland against everything else because that's how they like to view their audience. How they view their their core audience is pitting them in that direction. Um, and then you have, you give them French names. We don't like French things. It goes back to freedom fries and everything. Like it's a, it's a thing you, you have to figure out who are the people 
creating this, putting this on the air, what do they believe and what do they think their core audience believes? What do they want us to believe about it? They are trying to get this over as a genuine heat magnet. And I feel like they're relying on the wrong things to do that. I would love nothing more than for them to realize, hey, actually, I think this might work if we like turned up the irony a little bit and made it fun. But tonight wasn't supposed to be fun. Tonight, if you could just watch the segment back, the fans are booing because... They're they're coming out and they're dressed like that. And one guy's wearing pink sunglasses. The other guy's got a fanny pack. They're booing because they're not like them. And that's that. It's a it's an it's a it's a maybe not a fear of the other, but a hatred of the other. That so so often, um, this particular company books toward people who feel that way. And I don't want that for these people. Also, I don't think that I know Mace and Mansoor don't. And I don't think that uh, Max Dupree, Larry Knight, Leli Drake has the cachet to be able to say no. To be able to say, no, nah, I, I, I don't think this is going to work. They just got to do what they're told to do. And I, I, I fear the absolute worst with this, but I, I'm pulling for the best. I want things to, people think that I hate wrestling. I love wrestling because when wrestling is great, there's nothing better on the planet. When wrestling is bad, it's terrible. Yeah. And there and I want I want all wrestling, WWE included, to be great. I do not have faith in this company being able to produce great content consistently. That is my fear. I definitely understand and share a lot of those fears. I think I've just seen, I guess I have faith in their incompetency rather than what they're going for. I feel like, honest to God, like what this reminded me of is like New Day started off as something that was awful and so in the wrong direction. And then that just kind of got thrown out the window, right? And now we have the New Day that we know and love today. And at that time, those guys didn't have the credibility. They gained it. To be able to not didn't have the credibility from an ability standpoint or whatever, but like to be able to say, screw you, we're going in a different direction. Um, So I'm I'm I share deeply the same concerns that you have. I'm a little bit hopeful that they won't play out because I feel like a lot of times. Either the crowd starts to laugh and it goes in a different direction or things just pivot or whatever, but I completely hear what you're saying. And there's a lot of people in our chat who um, agree with you. And I, I, I completely understand where the concerns are. I'm going to give it room. Like you said, we'll let it play out. Like everyone's always begging us to do, but um, you're right. If we're looking at track records, there's definitely some very, very valid concerns here and they're, concerns that shouldn't be happening for the reasons that they would be happening. I also feel feel particularly bad for Mansoor, who can never go home again. Not in this gimmick. He will never be portraying this gimmick in Saudi Arabia. That just will not fly. Uh-uh. Yeah. You don't think titillating juices would go over big in Saudi Arabia? I I I not not with not with one of their own. They'd be yeah. happy to boo just Massey and Max Dupree, but 
you can't put Mansoor in front of his in front of his home country crowd and play this gimmick. It's not gonna it will not do well for him and his family and his family. Like th- that will there. Mm, yeah, nope, it will not do well for them. I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And so we move along um, to the four pack, which was Matt Cat Moss, Ezekiel the Miz, and Happy Corbin. Um, you know, I just felt like this whole time I grew a really big appreciation for Baron Corbin and knew he was not going to win and how stupid it is because he won the battle Royal at the beginning of this, but we're clearly working on something with him and McAfee. Right. So that's probably not going to be a money in the bank situation, but I felt like of everybody that was in the ring, he was kind of the ring general in this, which is not um, always the position he's in, but I thought he was fantastic. I thought um, the Corbin choke slam through the table. The moment Mm -hmm. that he had with Pat McAfee was really, really nice. He built up a lot of tension with that. Um, There was a, a spot where Madcap got in a low blow by using the Miz, I think, which I thought was very, very clever. Um, Something I hadn't seen before, which I'll always pop for that. But ultimately, Madcap advances, um, which wasn't a surprise to me at all based on the four that were in this. I don't think he's going to win it. Uh, But I don't know. If I was Baron Corbin, I'd be real, 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 real pissed. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they're... Going to have him be pissed. Uh, there was an interview earlier in the night where they asked him about the challenge from Pat McAfee, and he just clammed up like he didn't want to address it. And I don't understand what that is. I don't know. I don't know why he's uh, why he won't just say yes. I'm going to kick this guy's ass. He, what was he a punter? I was an offensive tackle. I used to beat up guys like him in college all the time, like that kind of thing. Whatever. Um, uh, yeah, Madcap, as I said, is the only Madcap is the only guy who should have won this by far. The Miz is the Miz. I think Ezekiel's ceiling is way lower than a lot of people realize. Uh, Corbin is on a downward swing. You can build him back up by having him go absolutely crazy, beating beating the hell out of out of McAfee two weeks before their match at SummerSlam. And then McAfee makes a miraculous recovery and they have their match. That's probably what they're going to do. That's how they like to do things. But again, Madcap is the guy who might actually have an upward trajectory. And again, I don't even like the guy, but I can see that they really do. And they actually need to pull the trigger on a guy like that. Is he going to win Money in the Bank? No. Is he going to have a decent showing in it? Probably. Is he going to look a lot better than Omos? Absolutely he is. Yeah, and I think that... um... I don't think he has a shot in hell. I think there's at least three other people who would win it before oh, yeah. him. No, he's but not, not going to win it. He was the guy to win this. I just don't understand why the episode was structured this way. But bad episode. Match was fine. Match was fine. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to run down the card lightning fast and do mm-hmm. predictions. And then what we're going to do is we're going to swing into AEW Rampage, where we have a very, very different Battle royal situation to talk about. Uh, but this is, of course, taking place... At the MGM in Las Vegas tomorrow. Quick, quick note. I'm, I, I messaged you this. This thing was scheduled to be in a foot in a gigantic football stadium like a month ago. I mean, I don't know what they had planned for the football stadium, but it cannot have been this. What a lackluster card this is. 
can you imagine it being put on, in front of that many people at a stadium? It just wouldn't work. It was probably going to be Roman Brock 74. Maybe. That would be my guess. Maybe. Maybe. But man, you're right. You're right. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'll be surprised if this, well, I guess this sold out because of that, right? Yeah. That everybody, so good on them for that. I guess they'll have a full crowd for this, but this is not a great card. Our Raw Women's Championship matches Bianca Belair and Carmella. If Bianca Belair loses, Bianca Bianca, Bianca wins this. She should win yeah. it in two. She should win it in two minutes. She should win it in twenty six seconds or whatever, or twenty five seconds. I'm giving I'm giving Carmella the benefit of the doubt that she can make it interesting for a minute and a half and then get KOD'd twice. Fair, very fair. I will say that Bianca's strength is so impressive, and Carmella's so little that I think she'll be able to do some really cool stuff as far. as is throwing her around, but um, easy slam dunk victory for Bianca. I think the SmackDown women's championship, Ronda Rousey versus Natalia equally as predictable. I would say in a Ronda Rousey win. Oh yeah. No, uh, Ronda, Ronda wins this. It's easily predictable. Yeah. Uh, hey, we have a mid card title being defended on paper too. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, we have theory and Bobby Lashley. I'm going to say that theory retains here despite me not wanting that. Uh, yeah, no theory retains because he's going to call out John Cena and they're going to have a match at SummerSlam and John Cena's going to put him over and I'm going to have a stroke. That is fair. All of that is fair. Um, unfair to us, but a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. The undisputed tag team championship, the Usos versus the Street Profits. Your thoughts? Uh, Usos are not losing this now. Not, not, yeah. not, not in this way. Agreed. And especially without Roman being on the card, I yeah, feel like no. the, then the bloodline becomes unprotected. Yep. Some exciting bloodline potential news, uh, that we want to call to your attention on Fightful Select, where you can subscribe for $5 a month that you might want to check out. I'm not going to spoil it here, but they might be getting some support that, that actually makes me really excited. It's my someone that I've been wanting to be on the main roster for a while. Here's my prediction. They call up the guy that we're thinking mm -hmm. and they put him on raw and never make a connection between him and everybody else in the bloodline. That is my prediction because that's how incompetent they are. Kate. It's sad that that's in the arena of, of a reasonable oh, thing I'm, they would I'm, do, I'm, but I'm, I don't think I'm 85% sure that happens. I will be asking Sean for a raise if it does. <laughs> the women's money in the bank ladder match. Here's what I want from you. I want your prediction of who you think is going to win and also your worst case scenario. They can be the same people. The women in this match are Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel, Asuka, and Becky Lynch. I'll also take your dark horse if you want to throw me your dark horse. Um, I think Becky's the dark horse at this point. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know what she does with it. She's not going after Bianca. We've done, we've done that already. So, no, Rhonda. Like, I know, but could... Ron, but she's not going to go after Rhonda. Now we, we're building to that oh. match for, for mania. So like her, her holding the briefcase for a while will be fine. I just don't know after four months of it. Like, I don't know what we're doing with the briefcase now. Sure. Um, so uh, um, Lacey Evans will probably win it. That is the worst case scenario. Agreed on that. Lacey winning and as the worst case scenario, I'm going to say Liv Morgan as my dark horse. I just don't think Becky needs it to get to Rhonda. That doesn't mean they would do it anyway, but right. 
That's what I'm going with. And your men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Seth Rollins versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre, Omos, Sami Zayn, and Riddle. Your thoughts? Um, I think I think Seth wins it. I hope Seth wins it because I hope he cashes it in uh, at SummerSlam and they redo the triple threat from Mon- from WrestleMania 2015. Um, I don't think if he does it, he would be successful. I don't Agreed. think he would, but I hope they do it there because because honestly, another Brock versus Roman match, even if it's last man standing, I don't want to see it. But if if Seth if Seth <clears throat> grows the balls to ca- to cash in the money in the bank as the match is starting, because somebody tells tell, tells him you're just gonna wait, you're just gonna wait until after the match is over, and that proves nothing. And then Seth decides I'm gonna actually try and do it, and they actually do a Seth Rollins versus Brock versus Roman triple threat match. That's something I'd actually really love. Um, the dark horse, um, I, I guess it's riddle so he could cash it in and lose again. I don't know what that proves, but he's, he seemed to want to do something with him. Sammy Zayn, I think would be a lot of fun to see what they did with it, but I don't think they have any, I don't trust them to know what to do as, as writers to make that work. The worst case scenario was Omos by far. Jesus. What is he even doing there? <laughs> I think it's to be tall. Like, I think the whole point of him being in the match is that. But I'm going to actually agree with you across the board, except I think Seth doesn't cash in. I think we get Brock and Roman again. Well, who cares? But I think Seth holds on to it until Cody comes back. And I think Cody um, takes the briefcase from him, a la him and Sandow from like 15 years ago. I think that's silly and they don't need to do it. But I think that'll be the plan was this was always supposed to be Cody's. He didn't have a shot at it because he was injured. And then I think he and Cody versus Seth for the impetus is going to be that it's for the briefcase. And then Cody will cash it in and win it at probably Royal Rumble at a later date. I think they could do a thing where Seth cashes in on whoever he's cashing in on at Royal Rumble. And then later that night, Cody returns, wins the Royal Rumble and immediately is like, Great. I'm glad you're champ now, Seth, because I'm because I'm coming for you. And they build to that again for Mania. That is better booking than what I had. <laughs> My heart is with Sami Zayn. I think it would be so fun to see him have an identity crisis about what to do, carrying this briefcase around, but not wanting to cash in because he's an honorary oost. And my nowhere to be found pick is Omos. I don't want him anywhere near the briefcase. I don't want him anywhere near. Like anywhere I, near this. I love. I love a big man in a ladder match, especially a multi man. Braun Strowman for all of the things that were wrong with him. That ladder. That ladder match that he won. That he was in that that bunny. When 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 Bobby Roode went behind. One like let put the ladder across from the commentary t- desk to the ring and like stood behind it and and Braun just but b- both forearms down on the ladder and it splintered into a million pieces and Rude reacted like he had just seen like Hercules come down from Olympus like that was great I don't have any faith in Omos to be able to make that moment work or anything else work nor do I. So feels like a weak card to me, but Alex and I are going to be talking about it on Fightful Select after the show tomorrow. Yeah. So feel free 
to tune into Fightful Select. And hey, you can watch it on Peacock or, you know, if you're out of the country, you can watch it on the WWE Network. Or if you're in Lithuania, you can watch it on the WWE Network. Completely unrelated, though. Um, did you guys know about this VPN, Nord? I can't stress enough how unrelated those yeah. two things are. But um, in a completely unrelated note, here's Sean Ross Sapp to tell you all about NordVPN, who's made a huge investment in us. Please invest in them. Tweet at them on Twitter about us. Tell them you found out about them from us. They've been great to us. And Sean's going to tell us how they can be great to you. Sure. I'm not here right now. But where am I? You won't know. Because I can change my virtual location whenever I want. Thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Yeah, I've been singing the praises of NordVPN.com slash Fightful for a long time. It's helped me out with an awful lot of things. Accessing some geo-restricted content, getting pay-per-views much cheaper as I can change my virtual location. They really hike the price up here in the States, you know. But with NordVPN.com slash Fightful, you get that online threat protection that blocks malware, annoying pop-up ads, helps protect you on that unsecured Wi-Fi when you're traveling like I am likely doing right now. And NordVPN.com slash Fightful works on all your devices. But if you say, oh, well, I don't know, I want, I want to kind of want to try out a, a basic plan. Well, that's what standard's for. Plus, adds a pass on top of it. Then, complete adds a locker on top of that, and you still get a great deal. You still get an additional month free, and you still get their 30-day money-back guarantee. Browse safely, browse securely, nordvpn.com slash Fightful. I just, so unrelated to mm. what I was talking about. Yeah, no. I can't, can't stress it enough. Hey, you know what I can stress enough? Yeah. It's taking all the money you save from our wonderful sponsors and heading over to FightfulSelect.com with the latest and greatest in breaking information and pro wrestling news that you could possibly want for $5 a month. Get out of town and take a bus. Sean is in Vegas. He will be breaking news all weekend. Uh, just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun. A couple more comments uh, that we'll wrap up about SmackDown and then we'll flip right into AEW Rampage, which I'm so excited to talk about because I loved the Battle Royal we opened with. Uh, Tom LaValle saying Bailey replaces Carmella and fights Bianca instead. Oh, oh I would love that. It would be the absolute 100% highlight of that show for me tomorrow if that happened. It would be nice to have a highlight of that show. Yes. Uh, Bill Alphabet chiming in saying, I just pictured Bruce calling in all the creative team in a meeting room, and at the front of the room is a whiteboard with Zoolander written in big letters about the next two three things. It does read very, I think that's why I was hopeful that it might lean in a funny direction, was because it read as very Zoolander, and the titillating juices thing felt very like it's a walk off Zoolander. Yeah, it's it it's it's Zoolander is if Zoolander was supposed to breed rage in rubes. That's there it is. That's not what it's supposed to do though. That is not what it's supposed to do, but that's kind of like your wheelhouse. So we'll take it. <laughs> We've got Van Twinblade who said it's main event time at GCW. Prepare the tubes. Update from him on that. Light tubes are horrifying. Yes. Um, yeah. If you haven't no, seen, not do the light tubes. It's no. It's 
creepy and scary. It's wild, but like the exhaust from them and the powder in them, but the, the gla- it's a lot. No, it's I, a lot. I, there's, there, yeah, there's no, I can't, I don't understand how people wrestle with the light tubes while they're not wearing like seven layers of shirts. Yeah, it just feels, <sighs> I like it. I, if I stub my toe, it'll like ruin my day. So I don't know, but we've got some overall thoughts on Rampage from Anakin JMT chiming in saying, didn't watch Rampage because as Kate likes to say, I was there. Well, good for you for being there. What a fun one to be at and to be at Blood and Guts in general. What a blast. I love that they had both rings set up the whole time. But he says that he hoped people would like Royal Rampage because it it went over as well as it did in the arena. Also, after Rampage was... uh, TK had Danhausen come out and refer to FTR as FTR bald and FTR hair, (laughs) which popped me. That's hysterical. What a blast. I hope he hugged them all. That is fun. Um, So let's talk about this Royal Rampage. The rules were that there were two rings, and I thought that was a great way to do this and to have fun and to save some time in the process. Um, I liked that they just kept the two ring setup. That, That felt so logical to me. And we had very clear stakes, unlike the SmackDown Battle Royal. This is the challenger uh, to face the interim champion, John Moxley. And um, it was 20-man Battle Royal. We had Darby and Nice starting it off in one ring. And a lot of fun to be had there. A lot of fun spots with that. Um, I'm going to run through some of my favorite parts of the match, and then I'll throw it over to you, Alex. Um, Jim Ross referred to at about 10 people into the match this whole thing is a potpourri of talent and i just really liked that piece of announcing because at that point it really was it was a lot of different people different sizes different styles very different characters in the ring all at once and just a nice piece of announcing i'm really hard on jr in these recent announcing years so i gotta give credit where it's due i really liked that darby and niece was fun at one point we saw darby take out smart mark um And we also saw Darby going through the ropes as only Darby does. I normally don't like that stuff in a battle Royal, but like Darby's always doing suicide dives. So it made sense. And we saw um, Butcher take out Darby slamming him into the barricades. And I, and Darby play possum for a little bit. And it was one of the few spots where someone making possum playing possum actually made sense, especially a face. Like, that sneaky heel stuff. It's hard to have somebody playing possum that's a face um, that it feels justified in doing it right. So I really, really liked that. Um, Takeshita shined in this match. I wish he was in it a little bit longer. I felt like Dante Martin didn't really get a chance to shine. He kind of shouldn't in a battle royal. You should not that, be going to the top ropes at a battle that's royal. A, the, the battle royal is his Achilles heel. That's it. He's always doing springboards off the top rope and, like, no, like that he's that's the one thing he's bad at. I was raised right by my friends in wrestling when I was getting more into it. And one of my friends uh, on the Shining Wizards podcast, I'll put him over, Matt, has a huge thing about going to the top ropes in the in a battle royal because it makes absolutely no sense when the job is to get eliminated that way. And now it's one of those things I can't unsee. Like, that's a trope I, I can never undo. And I was like, well, Dante is going to be kind of a waste in this match. Not that he can't do impressive things standing up, but those rope spots are what we're used to with him. Um, Takeshita was great. I felt like uh, I wanted him in there a little bit longer, but 
the DDT with Orange Cassidy into the Brain Buster spot was so, so great. I loved that. I liked the tag stories getting eliminated late and being told on both sides of the ring. You had Hobbs and Starks and you had Swerve and Lee. Um, and I just like that they took a while. And you also had Harks, uh, Harks. Hobbs and Starks in the same ring and Keith Lee and Swerve in opposite rings having opposite reactions. Good Battle Royal should set up way more stories than just the guy who wins. And that worked a lot here. I loved them getting eliminated late because I, I felt like it kept a lot of intrigue. Uh, and we ultimately see Brody King take this, which was such a surprise to me, but one I really liked because I think whoever was going to win this is probably going to lose to Mox, right? Like, I think eventually we're going to get Mox and Punk. I don't see Mox dropping this interim title. Not in his first it. defense a week after winning it. Definitely not. Definitely not. So why not give this spotlight to someone like Brody King who could have a great match with Mox, who hasn't had a full chance to really shine, though doing a great job with what he's given. A ton of fun. His senton with Darby uh, in, in your final two, you had Darby in one ring and Brody in the other. I should mention that. Um, he did a senton and just smushed Darby into a million little pieces. And then the final shot where he's hanging Darby over the ropes and just drops him is one of the coolest, most dramatic endings to a battle royal I have ever seen in my life. Um, I thought that was really dope. I really liked the sequencing of this battle royal. Very, very few complaints. Would have loved to catch Dan there longer. Don't know if Dante was a guy who needed to be in this, but that is just like the most nitpicking nitpicks. Um, what did you think of this opening to Rampage? And more specifically, what did you think of the two ring setup and rules? I thought it was really interesting and well executed. Um, I loved, loved the two ring setup and, uh, and rules um, to the point where I think if they're going to do blood and guts every year, they need to do this on the rampage after blood and guts every year. I love the idea of, okay, well, we got the two rings. Let's figure out what to do with it. And uh, the idea of, um, of a battle Royal. Um, I, I thought when I heard like a two ring battle Royal, that all the guys were going to start in one ring. And then you have to eliminate guys into the other ring. And once you're eliminated from that ring, you're gone. So like the whole point is like try and stay in the first ring for as long as you can, because you're safe in that ring. If you get eliminated into the other ring, then you just got to make sure you hold on there. I thought they were going to do that, which might've been interesting, but I love this too. I love the idea of the two rings. You have to stay in one ring. Um, uh, and then the last two guys, get to meet in the middle. Um, uh, there were, there were some, some, some interesting things that they did. Um, the, one of the things is, uh, Takeshita is amazing. I was watching him going like, this guy's really got it. Um, special. he's, he's special very special. Talent. Um, I also love that he got eliminated from, uh, from this battle Royal by a tag team. And he got eliminated from the former battle Royal, the casino battle Royal by a tag team. Very good call. And the, and the first time he said, I need to find a tag partner to watch my back in, <laughs> in, a, in a battle Royals. And apparently he didn't between then and now, cause he did happen to him again. And my thought is I want to see a, uh, um, a, a series of vignettes where he goes around trying to find a tag partner and he can't, and he can't, and he, he goes out looking for one 
in the town they're in. And he comes back with Dennis, the assistant manager at the local Cinnabon. <laughs> Because they become best friends, and then it turns out Dennis is actually, you know, some professional wrestler. Um, but don't the idea, sleep on Dennis, man. You know, I slept on Clark Connors, and he was incredible. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I I thought there's there's something there's really great. Um, Brody King coming in at the end, I was like, he's the guy who's going to eliminate a whole bunch of people, and then give him eliminated last. And I thought it was going to come down to him and Hangman, but they were in the same ring, so I guess that couldn't happen. Um, but when it came down to him and Darby, I would have bet a trillion dollars on Darby winning because I just didn't think they're not going to put Mox in a match with, with Brody King. And they, they really love Darby. I think like, I, like, I, I, I appreciate what Darby can do in the ring. Like I do. And I, and I, and I like a lot of his matches, but like they love Darby to like to, to a fault. I think they really coddle him in a lot of the ways that they like, like make, put, they put him in matches that he should not win. And they put him, they, they haven't win him anyway. Like the match that he had with, with Ethan Page, the coffin, the coffin match, he should have lost that. He should have lost all of his matches he ever had with, with Andrade. He should have lost those matches. But like, but this, I was like, they're gonna have him do the the Mox and and Darby thing writes itself. There's a kid yes. who wants to die in the ring, and Mox who just might help him do it. Like that's a <laughs> that's a very in, in, easy story to write. However, Brody King. Eliminating uh, Darby made me so excited because a the way he did it was was brutal and awesome and b if we get back to a combat club versus House of Black, like yeah. if that's a thing that comes out of this, like I might just weep for joy for like three months straight. Um, the thing I wanted was Miro versus House of Black one on three, and if we can't get that, give me Blackpool Combat Club versus next like i don't know how long i hope it's not for long i don't know how long danielson's gonna be out but if you're gonna give me yuda and claudio and moxley versus house of black can we just do that for an hour every week please i would i'm actually not mad about either of those things mira running through or running into house of black over and over again or blackpool combat club versus house of black man both very, very fun options. Um, I really, really liked this battle royal. I felt like the eliminations were logical. Even Keith Lee, which it's hard to convince me that Keith Lee should not be the one yeeting everybody out of the ring. And the idea that he would get eliminated is so silly. Um, but it was just a smart spot. Like, it, he, the way you do that is his own momentum has to carry him over. And that's what they did. My dark horse for this was Ricky Starks, but I'm only because I'm a Ricky Starks mark to the fullest extent of the law. I I love Ricky, but I thought he looked really good in this match as well. He's a very smart, smart, smart in-ring guy, um, and I really liked a lot of the work he did in this match as well. I've never seen anybody skin the cat like that. Yeah. Like, like where he had like one elbow hooked around the bottom rope and the other one with his hand, and he was just dangling there and had to like use all of his core strength to pull his legs back up onto I, like that was really impressive i i, I turned to my dad and i said that is core strength i will never know <laughs> <laughs> i like pizza and not working out too much um but i'm glad that you loved this as much as i did i felt like this is really really logically put together and a surprise ending makes so much sense because mox isn't gonna lose we probably know that let's make it really interesting then right and oh yeah yeah and Put him, put him in a match with a guy who's as big and brutal as they come. Like, it's just, yeah, it's, I, I'm very, very excited for that. And for those of you who are less familiar with Brody King, um, I'm not because I was an ROH mark. 
and he's just a really, really impressive dude. Like, wait until you get to see him one-on-one in a match with some time against a guy like Mox. You're not going to be disappointed, but he's, he's a, he's a, he's a tattooed refrigerator. (laughs) That can do sentons though. Who's a sadist. Like, like if, if you, if like, yeah, that, no, he's amazing. Yeah. You're You're gonna like him. So we move on. Oh, well, let's check back in on Humper Chats and Super Chats. We got one from Ed Uribe who said, I finally saw Blood and Guts tonight and holy balls!" Yeah, Blood and Guts did not disappoint. Um, I felt like it was booked so perfectly. Like what a perfect ending where the faces still got to win, but Eddie's still mad at Claudio for stealing his moment. Like what a what a perfect ending to that. And you guys know I'm the world's biggest Eddie Kingston mark in the world, yeah. but like, I just love, I loved everything about that. I love that neither of them really did anything wrong necessarily. This is just so much fun. And then the rest of that match was just insane. Go back and watch it. If you haven't seen it, it's worth your time. Uh, we've got uh, a Humper chat from Daniel saying like the idea of the Royal rampage, but was confused by some of the participants where were Phoenix, Malachi, Miro, Christian, and Trent? Even Jay Lethal. I feel like they could have replaced some people. Also, why was Andrade just there? Doesn't he want the title? Yeah, that was one where I get that they were escalating Roosh along a little bit. Yeah, they and, they they made Roosh seem very special in this match. Yes, uh, and Which furthering cool. furthering that that feud between them and the Lucha Bros. I'm I'm fine with it simply because. We don't know who was who was out for whatever reason uh, this week. Uh, there were some rumors that they had, had some people who were down with COVID. Don't know who. Don't know who was a close contact. Whatever. Um, I think this thing turned out to be pretty okay, um, especially because like you have people like Miro, Malachi. Then you got to write them out of the battle royal because they're not going to win it. Um, I think they picked the exact right guy. Like, is the same way they had the exact right guy in Kyle O'Reilly to face yes. uh, Mox on that episode of Dynamite. Uh, this exact right guy from, from Moxley's first challenge is a dude who is a tattooed, statistic, like, refrigerator who's just going to keep coming at you because he, he knows no fear. And he's not going to, he feels no pain. Moxley's going to have to kill this guy to, to, to win. I can't wait to see how, how they write around it. And I don't think we've seen Mox have a match like that in quite a while that I can remember, like in AEW at least, of him having a match with a guy like Brody King. Also, if if you can, please tweet at Brody King that Alex just called him a tattooed sadistic refrigerator. The sadistic tattooed refrigerator is there the best is. way to put it. Please tweet that at him because that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. <laughs> and I and I and I mean it with love because I I absolutely love Brody King. Oh yeah, I don't know if there's an insulting way to say that. That's a beautiful description of someone. Um, yeah, I, I had the same thought of Andrade too. It seems like they're working toward them, and um, I don't know if Pac will be involved in that anymore. I think because Pac has the title, maybe he'll separate mm-hmm. from Death Triangle. But I think Penta and Phoenix versus Rush and Andrade would be an incredible program. Seemed like they were furthering that story. Didn't love the sling blade on the outside because why are you attacking someone before they get in the ring of a battle royal? That seemed a little silly to me. But darn it, maybe it was just too damn personal. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I hate each other so much. Um, our moderator, Luis, is 
volleying for Miro to be in the Blackpool Combat Club. Mm. God's biggest hater in the Blackpool Combat Club. That's kind of fun. I think Miro belongs at his own, though, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I, I love the idea of um, of Malachi on two fronts having to fight the Blackpool Combat Club and Miro just keeps coming after him because you cost me my gold. Like, would just be a really cool thing if they just kept on fighting all the time. It'd be so I, good. I felt like that four-packet for Ben and Dork. God, we've had so much wrestling in AEW in the past week to like yes. keep track of. What a, what a wonderful blessing to have. Um, but I, I think, uh, that story coming out of that four pack was, was such a cool way to go about that. We've got Henry Casey saying butcher could have gone harder on Darby. I don't know, man. He was swinging him into the barricade pretty hard. I felt like, um, I'll never fault someone for erring on the side of safety with an opponent. Like there's certain things on, on the Mark order podcast that I do Wednesday. We have a host Ryan who Humper chats us all the time. And he said, like when Jericho jumped off the top of that cage onto the crash pad, when MJF threw him off, it looked so cheesy, but you know what? It was safe and he's 50. So like, let's maybe lay off it. Like, Things that maybe don't look as real for the safety of your opponent, we probably should be a little bit lighter on. Um, they seem to have fixed that with the way Sammy went through the crash pad on ever been door, but like I I champion that point of his because I think we have to remember like Darby almost dies every match. Like we don't need someone else taking him out in the process, but that's just me. We got Joey Bag of Donuts chiming in via Humper Chat, humperchats.com saying, PSA, don't approach random men in public and say, scissor me, daddy ass. Not everyone gets the reference. Well, that is an important PSA, a hilarious one. I will, I will never not pop for scissor me, daddy ass. Scissor me, daddy ass being a thing. There's some things that you just can't explain to non-wrestling fans. And then there's some that you don't even try. And that's one I would just, I would never even try to. So, but yeah, I wouldn't run around in public saying that. We appreciate your consideration for our other viewers. Joey Baggy Donuts. Mm. <laughs> we got Joseph Snark chiming in saying, Mox versus Brody is going to be beautifully violent. And hell yeah, that's a really good description of that. That's going to be wonderful. I can't wait to see what that match brings. And again, just a different type of challenge than we've seen Mox have before. Him having like this ad, the second reign feeling almost like to me that feels like an addition to his story as champion, right? Um, what that's going to bring about, I'm really excited for. Yeah. We've got Jesse OG, OZ, chiming in via Humper Chat saying, uh, Is Jess our resident Shakespeare expert? Yeah, uh, Jesse Ozog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Welcome. Um, he and his wife are going to their first AW show in Rochester next week. Oh I can't God. wait to see Mox versus the Flying Fridge. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. I can't think of a Shakespeare reference about a refrigerator. That's that's more than okay. You're gonna yeah. have so much fun. I'll tell you what. I tell everybody going to their first AW show. Get there early, especially if you want to see. Um, the dark taping make sure you get there early and if you want concessions or merch pro just prepare yourself to wait in line for a really long time because in my experiences those took forever but mm -hmm. the crowd is so hot and amazing it is a long night because of the rampage tapings after but you're gonna have so much fun i hope yep. you and your wife have an absolute blast um <laughs> a more general humper chat from morg saying Thanks, Alex, for the excellent expressions during the ad reads. Was a bit nervous with Claudio doing the swing on the top of the cage. 
Um, I was, but for different reasons. I had heard Jericho say that um, he had not liked taking the swing because it made him so dizzy and disoriented. And there were all these tricks, I guess. Like, if you put your hands behind your head, it'll make it less dizzying. Um, And he just took that spot anyway, I think because it was the end of the match and they were almost going home on it. It was a little bit better, but that is um, an unforgettable wrestling moment, especially for a Cesaro or Claudio fan. Like, what what an exciting, exciting way to go about it. Uh, Back to... Uh, <laughs> to rampage land over here. Uh, we got Majin Dabura. I'm sure I screw that up. I'm so sorry, but saying glad Butcher and Blade seem to escape the booking of the AHFO. They looked strong tonight and even eliminated Matt Hardy. A nice piece of storytelling that I didn't call out. Thank you for. And they for also that. they also eliminated Swerve, and they we're did. gonna get uh, Lee and Swerve versus Butcher and the Blade next that week on should... Dynamite. I, uh, we're just any any time and any place could be the full combustion of uh, Swerve in their glory. Um, uh, at this point, I'm I'm ready for it just because it's going to become Swerve versus Lee uh, in a in a series of amazing matches. Loved their competing reactions tonight about being in separate rings. I mm-hmm. thought that was so great, so so much fun. Sean Blanford stopping by saying, "Just coming to by to say hi to my two favorite fightful peeps." Well, Sean. You're my favorite fightful person, um, tied with everybody else that gives mm-hmm. us money. But you're yes. you're my favorite in that way. Yeah. Um, we move along to a hook interview. I got to be honest, I didn't hear what he said in this, but he was getting interviewed, and he did his usual no selling of the interview. It was super quiet. I didn't have time to rewind. I didn't catch what he said. Did you catch what he said so that we can talk about this? He said something <laughs> along the lines of like. Uh, everything that is essential is invisible. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's, I like that's, that. I like that, he's, that I, for him. He's he's very <laughs> philosophical. I like that. He, he's not just some kid sitting there eating Cheetos. Like he's got stuff going through his brain. No, sometimes he's a kid that's sitting there eating Lay's. Okay. So <laughs> no, but yeah, he essentially got asked, um, "Hey, why don't you talk in interviews?" So that's an appropriate response. I didn't hear what it was, and I didn't have a second to go back and watch it. Yeah. So glad you caught it, so that we could talk about it. Yes. But we'll move along since I don't really have a lot to say on it. Um, we get the Young Bucks versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Um, we've got uh, chat immediately from Tom Valley that I wanted to call out because I noticed this too throughout the night. He says, "Props to Nick Jackson for using both rings." Tony yeah. Storm also used the second ring to her advantage in a really cool way. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but it did add a completely different element, and it was cool to see people take advantage of it in different ways from a psychology standpoint and from a literal ring standpoint. I thought that was so great. Um, some spots that I'll quickly call out here. The Northern Light suplexes from them always, always pop me. Great Escalera. The double Michinoku driver I thought was fantastic. Um, Nick using both both rings was fantastic. I say it all the time. They have such different strengths and together they're just so perfect. Nick is unbelievable with move execution. Um, Matt is such a good storyteller and his selling is out of this world. This match, I'll be honest, like the first half of it didn't fully click in for me, but once it got going, it really got going for me. I really liked what I saw. Ultimately the young bucks come out with the victory here, of course. 
Um, but it was really cool to see them also sustain the stay of a lot of the new Japan talent, right? We saw Takeshita before we see this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that they took full advantage of their time in the States. What did mm-hmm. you think of this match and the outcome? Um, I, I thought it was good. Um, uh, I mean, I love the, I, I think the Young Bucks are great, and I think that they work really well with uh, with anybody, almost. Um, ending was never really in doubt for me. Um, it was fun. Uh, I, 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 I guess I kept um, thinking that is... Is, is Rampage trying something new where they're like really front loading the show? Cause I did, I did not have coming into the show, uh, Nyla and Tony storm come as, as your main event. And maybe they're trying to like front load the show because more people watch the first half hour of Rampage. They they've looked at the demos or whatever, and they're trying to like get people to stick around you know, or whatever. I'm not sure how that works, but, um, but I, I thought the match was, was, was good. I love, I love the, the double springboard to a front flip Meltzer driver. That's amazing. Absurd. I'll, yeah. I'll Absurd. take, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a good day at work. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought this was fun. Young Bucks are going to be transitional champions. I think when the, the time is right, I think they will drop them to FTR. I hope, I think, they deserve that belt collector run. Um, but yeah, this match was kind of what I feel like we see on Rampage a lot, where it's like maybe not the world's most meaningful st- story match, but like a very a, a great match that we got to see. So I will take it. Mm-hmm. We move along to Jonathan Gresham, or as our wonderful moderator calls him, the Octopus Man, as he is, and Tiger Style versus Gates of Agony. Our moderator saying, no funny name here. That's the team name that humps. Sounds like a crappy metal band to me. I don't love it, but that's going to be on Rampage next week. Um, really liked this from Gresham. He uh, kind of called out the um, the notion of being the best wrestler in the world, essentially. And it seems like in this video package that that was pointed at Brian Danielson and Claudio. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be pointed at Brian Danielson and CM Punk, which kind of broke my heart, but... That's kind of what was getting set up before this. I think Claudio is a, a very, very, very fair substitute um, from an in-ring technical perspective. I think I mean, he's better than Punk. <laughs> I, 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 I adore Punk. He doesn't belong in the same conversation as Jonathan Gresham or no. Brian Danielson when it comes to that kind of wrestling. I no, think what he was doing was, I think what he was doing was um, like Zack Sabre Jr. versus um daniel was supposed to was supposed to determine who's the best technical wrestler in the world and then danielson couldn't compete so he brought in a ringer who was claudio who beat zach saber jr so now it's either claudio or brian danielson who is the best technical wrestler in the world but no neither of them are because i am and here's what i hope happens he appears to he appears to be mentoring lee moriarty who was an original target of Brian Danielson when he brought up teaming with Moxley and the Blackpool Combat Club. So that basically we're going to get a lot of Moriarty versus Gresham, uh, Moriarty and Gresham versus Claudio and Danielson at some point along the way. And that might allow to be brought into the fold at least Moriarty and maybe Gresham until Gresham's ego gets the better of him and he has to fight Danielson to the death. 
Love everything you just said. Here for the fight to the death. Um, Gresham was leading a, a foundation or a stable called the foundation. For those of you who are not familiar with the ROH product, I love the idea of him still being a flag bearer, but maybe swapping in some different talent. I think that's a really good call. They had set up this idea of Gresham fighting Danielson and Punk at the last old flag ROH pay-per-view. And they kind of hinted at it along the way, just the idea of best in the world. Right. And I think the ROH OGs, was the story they were telling. This pivot is going to actually be better matches because Punk is my favorite in-ring storyteller. He's never been the technical guy. That's not what I usually look for. Danielson, I think, is is the best in the world to do it. I think Gresham's right there with him. You could certainly make an argument for Jack Sabres Jr. or Claudio. Um, I think it's, it's just going to be really fun. And it's time to get the Jonathan Gresham ball rolling. I think maybe yeah. they were waiting to see what's cooking with ROH, but like get Jonathan Gresham on my TV, please. Then they're got to set up something. He's defending that belt. Yes. At, at, at death for dishonor in three weeks. Like they got to get something started. So I don't know. I don't know what that is, but if it's Claudio, sign me up, sign me up for that match. Dear Lord. And it could even like Jonathan Gresham versus who like, Wheeler Yuta, like oh, whatever, yeah. yeah, like rock and roll. Well, well, Wheeler Yuta's got his own ROH belt to defend. Oh, that's right. That I was, just... um, but I, I love the idea. Man. If if Danielson can can come back in time for that match, then do that to Fortis Honor. That's gonna get you some pay per view buys. But um, but I I wouldn't mind seeing Claudio if as a surrogate as, again. We've got a super chat coming in from Kason Bennett saying Toa Leona wrestles at my local Fed, one of the nicest people. His national television debut makes me so happy. Hell yeah, we love cool. that. We love that. One thing about um ROH guys and AEW guys getting to work the indies is that it's like fun to get to go see the same guys you see on TV and with you know in a crowd of 500 people instead. Um Tom LaValle saying Gresham and Lee next week. Gresham versus Brian Cage at the pay-per-view. Gresham versus Claudio is a piece de resistance. Plus, we got a women's main event. And I got to say, regardless of booking, I love Nyla Rose. She's so great and really improved in the ring. Wow, wow, wow. Did I actually really love this match. Mm -hmm. And um, Nyla, I feel like I get very hit or miss on. Like, when she's good, I think she's great. When things aren't working, I feel like they fall apart pretty fast. This, this stuff she's one... doing with Marina Shafir is top notch. It rules. So before we even get into the match, I do want to talk about the fact that it seems like we've shed the Vicky Guerrero stuff, which I'm very excited about. And the stuff with Marina Shafir, I think is awesome. Just wanted your general thoughts on that. And then we'll get into the specifics of the match. But that's a pairing that I wouldn't have thought to put together um, that I'm really glad exists. And no offense to Vicky. I love Vicky, but I felt like it was just kind of her old stick applied here. It didn't really make sense. Nyla is so unbelievably charismatic on her own. I don't understand why she didn't, why she had a, a talker in the first place. Like she's hilarious on Twitter. She and Stokely Hathaway are my favorite Twitter followers in the world. Next to Alex, of course, obviously, but like just the funniest stuff. I wanted them to turn her face because I want to root for her. But like, if she stay in heel, this pairing with Marina Shafir rules. I'm glad to hear her talk for herself and for um, Marina as well. It, it just is something I never would have thought to connect that. I'm really glad that they did. What do you think? 
Um, uh, yeah, I think I think she's I think she's great. I think that her and Randy Shafir are excellent. Ny- Nyla being the trash talker um, uh, with the swagger, and uh, and Randy Shafir just being a cold hearted killer who's who's found somebody that makes her smile occasionally <laughs> is re- is that's 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 love, man. I, I I'm I'm in I'm in it. I, I like I like the idea of, of them being together doing that. Um, and uh, uh, I also liked. Um, Nyla getting to do the uh, the Mark Henry segment. Yeah, got a storm front coming in here. It's just full of bullshit. Um, I thought that was great. Um, yeah, this this was this was a lot of fun. Uh, I love uh, Munir Shafir always getting involved on the outside. Tony Storm plays face plays face in peril really really well. Fights from underneath really really well. Um, this was exactly what it needed to be, and uh, it 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 got us to. Something we're gonna get moving forward, I think, for at least a while, because uh hot damn if they didn't decide, hey, we have a perfect name for a tag team. Thunderstorm. <laughs> now we gotta put them together. Like we have we have the name. Now we gotta team them up. Like we got the names right there. Thunderstorm, it's perfect. Um I really liked this match. I thought Tony Storm didn't use the second ring really, but she used it to her advantage. And that when she went to the top ropes, when Marina Shafir was interfering a lot, she would go to the spot where Marina couldn't go a couple times. And I thought that was clever as mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. Some stuff that I really liked about this match. There was a spot where I think Nyla just threw like a, a clothesline at her in the corner. And Tony Storm just had this very delayed Kyle O'Reilly sell of it where like, took a second for her to get that whiplash i love cells like that because they feel real like i think we've all had that moment where the pain hits you a second later so that was super fun um loved the double ddt spot on the outside from tony storm a great way to neutralize an extra person there um there was a point where nyla went to powerbomb tony storm and she reversed it and nyla rose just sat down on her so clever. I love spots like that. Love it, love it, love it. Um, Tony Storm getting out of the way from Nyla off the top rope um, with the German suplex, like just really, 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 really killer stuff. And to your point, we see Thunder Rosa come down at the end of this. Um, my only thing with this is she faced all three of these people already. So uh-huh. to team with one to face someone she already faced just feels like a, a mismanagement uh-huh. of how the women's roster is being used, which I have, you know, consistent complaints about, but I will say this. I'm still intrigued by it. And Tony Storm is the first person that has come in and been protected. That's not Britt Baker or needed a man to keep her protected. Like Jade's whole build has been with Mark Sterling and Stokely Hathaway. I love both of them. But it's just kind of annoying when you need a man to protect a woman. Um, and like to build one. I shouldn't say protect one. Right. Like to, to protect one in a booking sense. Um, and and Britt has been fantastic. But it's been nice to see Tony Storm come in, look great, mostly be protected in the booking. She lost to the champion, but I don't consider that, you know, a, a huge loss or anything bad. Um, but she's, she's looked great in the ring. She looks like a million bucks. Her promos have been sound. Things have been logical. It's nice to see another woman other than Brit get built on her own. And she came in as a big deal and she's felt like a big deal. So you want to pair her with the champion for a little bit. That's Mm -hmm. fine by me. I just hope that 
this isn't something that they run back a bunch of times because I want to see Thunder Rosa facing other women other than yeah. the ones she's already faced in her reign. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that they'll get there. Um, I think that they want to, to keep the belt on her for a while. And I, I'm not sure if they know how to book women uh, after an unsuccessful title challenge. They're really bad about that. Like, okay, you had your title shot. Goodbye. Like, Enjoy they dark. Don't know, they yeah. don't really, so I'm, it's cool that they're actually keeping them hanging around. And also, like, the AEW women's, women's title is Thunder, uh, Tony Storm, Nyla Rose, Maria Shafir. That's four women revolving around that title. Now, the TBS title, you got Jade Cargill. You got um, you got Kira Hogan with her. They're probably going to add Layla Gray or somebody else to it because reveal what's out. And you got Athena and Kristen Statlander revolving around that title. You got Ruby Soho and Ty Conti. That's another pairing that they're probably going to do stuff with. Britt's never going to go away. They're always going to find a way to put her on, on screen with whatever she's doing. So you got like a dozen women who feel important in some way on in AEW. Now, if you can find a way to get them all on the, on the same show, that would be a huge thing. But it does feel like they're, they've got like a dozen women who feel important. And whenever they're on, they're like, they've got something they're specifically doing. And that's a big deal because on We've other shows. We've had no long-term stories right now too. Like, you know, so like it, it does feel like that's a big step. I agree with that. I'm, I'm actually very excited for Ruby Soho and Tay Conti too. Like Tay has felt like she's been Sammy Guevara's side piece for a little bit and all mm-hmm. of those shenanigans. So for her to have um, her own feud out of what happened with Blood and Guts, I think is good. So we are seeing progress. I'm excited about it. Very excited to see long-term storytelling in the women's division, kind of at all. So I will absolutely take it. Last call for Super Chats and Humper Chats. We've got a few in the queue that we're going to read. So please get those in as we wrap up here. J.W. Pringle, always so supportive of us, saying, I missed all the wrestling tonight. My wife and I went to a rock show for an old high school friend. Well, rock and roll, dude. The band is performing for the first time in a decade. Shout out to 41 Gorgeous Blocks. 41 Gorgeous Blocks. There you go. Free promo for them. We much love to Alex and Kate and all the SGS for life. Thank you, JW Pringle. You're the best. As far as the Blackpool Combat Club goes, Jake Salazar says, what if House of Black corrupts Wheeler Yuta? Oh, we said, love HOP, but hell nah. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. I feel like Yuta already made one jump from best friends to, to house, or I'm sorry, best friends to Blackpool Combat Club, that's where he belongs. Then they're not very, they're not consistent about what the Black Mist does. You know, like it it blinded Pac for a while. It made Penta into Penta Oscuro. Um, It fully corrupted Julia Hart, but it did like literally nothing to a whole bunch of other people. So they're not like, we're not really sure what's happening. We haven't seen Miro since he got it. I, I'm very intrigued as to what they might decide that did to Miro of all people. Like there's some really interesting things they could do there, but, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not really, sh- I'm not really sure how you get corruption out of the Blackpool combat club angle, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm here for it. If they decide to go that route. Maybe there's like an immunity that we don't know about. Like if you've been misted before, it doesn't hit you the same way. <laughs> Ronald Hollick chiming in. I think he's new-ish to the Super Chat game. So thank you so much for 
spending your money and time with us saying, feels like we're going to get death, ROH death before Dishonor, Wheeler U versus Daniel Garcia for oh, yeah. the ROH Pure Championship. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. So I added an extra syllable because that's how excited I am about it. And we've got Machine Tabura saying, give Emmy and her students Riho and Sheeta a faction, please. I've been screaming about a women's faction for a long time, especially for the Japanese talent, because yeah. that's how so much of, of Joshi is structured. But um, we're, we are seeing semblances of that. Like Britt has her thing with Hater and Reba and the baddies are obviously a thing. And there seems to be a face counter faction to the baddies. So I'll take it. Um, Jake Salazar says, Holy S can it corrupt Miro? That's what we're waiting to find out, man. We're going to see. We're going to see because his whole head got swallowed and messed up for bed door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But guys, that wraps us up for tonight. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I know we went in the reverse order of what we normally do. So we really appreciate you sticking with us. Um, please subscribe to Fightful Select so that you can hang out with Alex and I more tomorrow or me and Alex, I should say. Hard to do grammar at one in the morning. Uh, <laughs> after Money in the Bank, we will be with you doing the paywall pay-per-view post-show because that's where the cool kids hang out. And that's right. whoever's on the main, I'm sure they're going to have fun. But we're going to bring the sour. We're not very excited for this, but we're excited to talk to you. Alex, when I'm not bothering you specifically tomorrow, where else am I bothering you? And what else are you doing on Fightful? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about um, uh, money in the blank. Money in the blank. That's Ki- it does feel like it's Freudian. blank money in the blank tomorrow night. Um, uh, and then um, talk about whatever the hell happened at money in the blank on uh, Monday night uh, about, about raw. And then Tuesday uh, NXT, uh, the gab, the old gab, the great American bash, which now has eight matches on the card in two hours. Like that's going to be a, a rip roaring show. Um, and then back here, uh, talking about uh aw dynamite next wednesday with sean uh with jonathan uh you can find me on the twitter at alex sour graps always tweeting about what's going on in riaslin absolutely and as alex said you can catch me on tuesdays with him nxt post show you can catch me wednesdays at mark order pod on twitter doing the mark order podcast where we talk all things all elite and every friday right here even when sean doesn't show up i'm here for you guys aw rampage and smackdown post show on fightful thank you so much have a wonderful and safe and happy holiday weekend we'll see you guys soon this is the story of the one As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.